0: Everybody, it is episode 50. We've made it that far, and for still listening, I appreciate it. I, I hope I provide the information that helps you become healthier and better and um, enhance your life. And uh, you know, we can't necessarily stop outside influences and what silliness that goes on in the world, but we can micromanage ourselves and get ourselves better and hopefully our, our votes count and it goes to something that benefits everyone but until that happens what do we do about us you know forget about the outside stuff i'm not as, as worried about that but um because it's our 50th 50th podcast uh, i'm gonna go through a, a few things today that um what are you gonna do so as far as i wrote a book called treat yourself and then a follow-up book called sick and tired of being sick and tired and that's where most people are. Uh, what can you do at home? Treat yourself. Uh, so there's there's things in there to do it. And plus our website at choosenewleaf.com has like 50 different videos about like, okay, I have a headache. Well, here's some acupuncture points that you can treat. And here's the ways you can treat it. There, You can treat it on your foot. You can treat it on your hand. You can treat it with the acupuncture points that are available. You can treat it with the ear points that are available. Uh, and there's tools that you can get on there too that you can um, purchase and do that. So there's the do-it-yourself. Uh, go on Dr. Google and read, sometimes it doesn't really apply you know um so do it yourself we all want to do stuff ourselves and that that's the whole purpose right and treat yourself but so many people need a little bit more help they they don't know you know you can manage something and you really should i, I like my patients to go do those things between visits because it keeps the inflammation lower which means that they recover faster Uh, which means when we get into the actual treatment process or whether we're providing nutrients or mechanoreceptor stimulation or acupuncture, that they get a bigger benefit and a bigger bang for their buck. So do-it-yourself is part of what we do, so you might as well learn how to do it. But really, um, what happens if the world starts shutting down? Uh, What happens if we go into another quarantine? You need to be able to have some tools that you can do it yourself. So again, If you haven't bought a copy of Treat Yourself, I highly encourage it. Um, And then all the stuff on our website, I mean, the download the videos are like 7 bucks. It's not going to break the bank. It's a whole lot cheaper than um, waiting to go somewhere. So those are just little things that you can do to get there. So I encourage everyone to ask ask me questions. We just did a podcast about five, six podcasts ago about questions that were asked of me. I want more. Uh, So let's keep it going. Um, So here we are on Podcast 50. I'm going to invite you, if you haven't already, to come to our office. I'm going to invite you to invite somebody else that needs help. After all these podcasts that we've gone to, whether it's or cardiovascular health, or autoimmunity, or the key gut, and on and on, to come into our office. Um, because how we integrate and how we, we do things, whether it's, um, I mean, maybe we fall under the name of functional medicine. I'm going to go into that just in brief. But really, I, I'm, I'm a functional life what do you not function at? Maybe you can't think. Maybe you have trouble, trouble digestion. You blow it after a milk. Maybe you have joint pain. Maybe you have brain fog. Uh, all the symptoms there, that means it's not functioning. I want it to function. And I just don't want to look okay. Well, functional medicine is really looking at what nutrients you need in your life, and we'll just give you nutrients, and that's it. That's really what it is. And, and Technically, the definition from the Institute for Functional Medicine is that functional medicine determines how and why an illness occurs and restores health by addressing the root cause and the disease of each individual. Well, root cause kind of makes sense. You go dig up the root to deal with it. But um, sometimes these are like, let's say that, that that's just a tree. Well, a lot of people come in with a forest. <laughs> that's a There's a lot of digging to be done. And, and a lot of these things are connected. So I, I don't want it to, to seem like functional medicine is like not it, but it, it is not it. Because sometimes when you get to the root cause, you find that that root's now connected to something else or the land itself that is growing under the soil is poisoned. So there's a toxin issue or that because of the nutrients that are in the soil, the 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 branch of the tree is not growing properly and it's not putting out leaves. So you have to figure out what minerals and nutrients to go along with it. That's the, the nutrition side of it. But, you know, sometimes you have to thin the forest and that's where, like we'll call it, structure comes in. So we want to make sure that there's structure components and we have to do whether that's acupuncture or what we call uh, kinesiology I like to fix muscles and I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute as we go through a little bit more in kinesiology but if you're just putting moving a bone muscles pull them right back out of place so I don't see the point in that and and that's where uh, the chiropractic profession you have to see somebody two three times a week to get at the stick who has that time who has that kind of money that's that's where I'm out with that so what about getting the blood flow? Well, that would be like the watering of this particular forest. And yes, we need water. So um, your, your Diet Coke isn't going to get it done. You need water. But we look at water as blood flow. So how does blood flow? Well, that's exercise. That's movement. Now, acupuncture and kinesiology help the blood flow increase, but you got to continue it. So we can get things back to place. And then if you go home and sit on the couch, it ain't going to happen. So that's, in the nutshell, functional medicine. But we also have to think about something called functional neurology. And the rates of brain-related disorders today, whether it's Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, ADD, ADHD, uh, now we know more about concussions, uh, traumatic brain injuries, uh, they're, they're alarmingly high and steadily growing. And we consider that completely normal. I and mean, look at our world right now. There's a lot of mental health. And a lot of that was government-imposed mental health. A lot of that is our government allowing nutrients to be avoided in our nutrients. And now we have you know, whether it's too many fast food places or the convenience store or the convenience are going to a a vending machine. And all these things are high in sugar, salt, and fat, which just absolutely destroy the immune system and then eventually destroy the brain. So both conventional and alternative forms of medicine have been caught off guard and ill-equipped to deal with this mushrooming population that has not necessarily just mental illness, but brain degeneration. And so... What functional neurology looks at is what is commonly overlooked in healthcare. Oh, it's just a part of aging. That is so much bullshit. It's not. You have to figure out what's going on because you have people who are in their 90s and they can recall, you know, I painted my toenails this color when I was two, you know, it was just that's that's different. So what is commonly overlooked is metabolic impacts and and vice versa. So let's say you have diabetes. What's going to bring it do because it needs that sugar and has to be regulated properly. Well, you're going to degenerate faster. Um, so many in the mainstream um, medical world just completely over, overlook that or somebody that doesn't exercise they completely overlook that or what can we do to exercise if you have let's say all your joints are placed what are we going to do so we like to assess and identify brain um, inefficiencies and address them and we want to have your brain supported both neurologically and metabolically so there are functional neurologists that are very very good at this but not all functional neurologists do functional medicine and not all functional. I have met very few functional medicine people that even understand neurology. So if the neurology doesn't work, you're probably not going to digest. And if you're not going di- to digest, how are you going to get that nutrient in? So there has to be a combination of both those. So we definitely like people that integrate and do things. So that you, what I'm, what I'm saying is, you need to find an integrative alternative medicine. And alternative medicine is just something that's not medicine. Meaning you go to the doctor and you get a pill. That's the the, the standard of care when you go into a doctor. What are they going to give you? A medication because that's that's their tool. Um, and if that doesn't work, then maybe we talk about surgery and some other things that come along and stimulation. Now, those are just, just two options that come along. You can also go to an acupuncturist. Well, what is an acupuncturist? It, to puncture the skin is really what it is, to, a, a, to achieve balance. That's the basic parameter of acupuncture. And acupuncture can come in many different forms. There's Chinese acupuncture, there's Korean acupuncture, there's Japanese acupuncture, there's um, auriculotherapy, which is ear therapy, and it comes from different parts. There's India acupuncture, uh, and therapy is in different countries, whether it's Egypt, India, um, Europe. There's electroacupuncture, we're using electrodes uh, to get there, with, with don't use needles um you can use seeds you can use lasers you can use mirrors you can use um massage you can use acupressure there's all kinds of different ways to do acupuncture so acupuncture is kind of a, a misnomer and a name that d- doesn't make something to puncture the, to puncture you don't have to puncture you just have to stimulate stimulate the acupuncture points to achieve balance what that does is it moves energy and blood around to treat things so again just like the other two whether it's a, a chiropractor whether it's a functional neurologist functional medicine uh, not all acupunctures are the same either Um, And and, in this day and age with what we have with electronics, you know, think of it this way. Everybody has a smartphone now and usually whether it recognizes your face, your thumb or something, some sort of biometric marker as it comes in, which means it's yours and it's individualized to you, right? Well, if you go to an acupuncturist and they're just doing traditional acupuncture, you're going to get evaluated the same way. Why? Because that's how they've been taught. You have to look at the hands and the feet and the tongue and then the face and then you do pulses. Okay, that's very, very subjective to each doctor. So if you had ten doctors in a row, you might have ten different, di- different opinions. That's the same thing with chiropractic. You go into ten different chiropractors, and they're going to find ten different things because it's not standardized, and there's no way to follow up and test afterwards. That's consistent. So in order to make consistency, you need to have a device that you come and test in. Sort of like when you run a blood test, it's going to be consistent no matter what lab you go to. At least it should. That's what's called a um, there, there was a called CLIA certification and Joint Commission, which allows labs to be certified, so that they, when they run a test, they're getting the test that they're supposed to have. So, in acupuncture, we want to see uh, a test, and what we typically use in our, what we typically, what we use in our office is something called an It It is electrical testing that anybody can run the test on, so we get a standard of testing that is consistent throughout testing, so we know exactly what to do and treat. So if, again, if you're not coming into our office and you need to see an acupuncturist, they need to have an acu-graph. I'm I'm just going to put my foot down on that one. Um, that's how much I believe in it. Then you can also go see um, a naturopathy uh, or a naturopath. So the term naturopathy originates from the Latin of birth and um, pathos, which is Greek for suffering. So natural healing is really what it means. And, and this was, you know, naturopaths were... What the United States had in the 1800s all the way until the mid uh, 1900s when the AMA or the early 1800s when the AMA was uh, created. Also, at the same time, there was osteopaths, osteopathic school. And they eventually had to, if you want to stay in business, they had to agree to take the medical exam. And while they still have structural testing there, they still do more or less, uh, osteopaths get chiropractic training for about Six to 12 months, depending on which school you go to, and that's it. And the rest of the time, they're into medical training. So I just want to get you an idea of what's going on with that. So um, naturopathy has been adopted by many chiropractors, but there's a difference in what they can and can't do. So uh, there's like, last I checked, there were four schools you go through to become a naturopathic doctor or ND. I think there's still 16 schools for a chiropractic um, degree. And that's really about it. There's not, not a whole lot that's out there. So they license under a drugless practitioner law, and some of them can provide antibiotics, but they try to do everything uh, natural. So you might have heard of a few of these things, whether it's acupressure or alkaline diets or aromatherapy, um, cranial sacral work, um, esoteric energy balancing, Reiki. Um, I'm just throwing some things out that typically fall under the, um, I guess we'll call it the mantra, the, the ability of a, a naturopath. Nothing wrong with it. Um, in, in my experience, never found one that wanted to hurt anybody. Um, but some of the stuff is, is still archaic, and some of them have really good, they're up to infrared saunas, and... Um, Working on nutrition and they're running blood work and everything that's going with it, and so if you can't find anybody and you find somebody that's qualified like that, at least at least there's something you, you get something done. Versus uh, a homeopathy or homeopathic, which again is another alternative medicine. Which homeopathy is the the term means like treats like and really how they cam, came about this is very similar to what acupuncture did when you got hurt on the battlefield and let's say you got um, for instance if you got stabbed in the foot and there might have been an acupuncture point that's called a stomach um meridian let's say stomach 44 is a, the, the point in between your toes and you got stabbed and all of a sudden your sinuses got better or because it ends there or your stomach your hernia got better okay that's how they kind of figured these things out over over years well homeopathy was like to its like well um the first people who were using homeopathy at least in our world was the native american indians they would take uh, white willow and uh, boil it and break it down and they would sip on it well that's aspirin Or they would take, you know, somebody uh, was having trouble urinating, they would take um, dandelion or stinging nails and they would break those down, whether it's going to chew it or make a tea out of it, and then they would sip that and that would help that. So you're actually taking something. So how this works is if you eat these by themselves, they create a problem. But if you dilute them, the dilution homeopathic treats the condition. So Ipecac we have it in medicine and when somebody let's say a kid for whatever reason this is before like in the 80s that they didn't have like a lot of child proofing that was on on so a kid might get into let's say a cabinet they drink some bleach this is a bad thing so they would quickly give ipecac to try to get the kid to throw up and then get him to the hospital and, and do whatever you need to do to detox well if somebody needs to stop throwing up you have a dilution uh, of what's called ipecac in a homeopathic form and then you take that so um, we, we don't ever want to stop somebody from puking, but when somebody's throwing up and it's done, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else coming up. Don't you want to shut it off? So this is where homeopathics come in. Do we like them in the office? Heck yeah, we love them for kids, especially those under five. They're going to take a pill. So what do you have at your disposal? That, um, even recently in, 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 my world, I wonderfully had this thorn go through my foot, shoe and foot. Um, and so while I'm using my red laser and, and other things, one of the things that 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 was beneficial um, in taking was one that was for puncture wounds, and then one for inflammation and pain, which is called Arnica Montana. And 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 I'll, I'll just throw a, a caveat that goes into there: some of these like products that you can, let's say, you want to go buy Arnica, and you go to the store and they they have like 3x, 2x, 4x, 6x. You're like, okay, I heard of Arnica, I'm gonna go get it, but that dose is stinking low. I, I don't know what a response anybody's going to get for it, but they can tell to you. When you have a major injury, like me having a thorn going through my foot, you need like 200 X. It might be more. Um, but clinically 30 and 60 X is what we typically use. So if you can't find that at the store, it's probably not going to be powerful enough to get, to get the job done. So I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Well, what if you're having trouble with your, um, uh, diet? So you're like, well, what if I go to a, um, a nutritionist or what if i go what about a, a dietitian well often they're interchangeable but that's not really the way it is so uh, call a dietitian a nutritionist and they will look at you funny and they should because they've, they've done more coursework so only nutritionists that become registered with commission of dietetic registration meaning they have more classes may legally declare themselves dietitians and more precisely, registered dietitians or RDs. And that is going to eventually become a PhD. So it'll be doctors of nutrition. Um, and I think that happened, it may have happened like in May. It's either May or just like right now, June. So um, dietitians going to have a whole lot more education that goes along with it, which is good. So unlike dietitians a nutritionist, a nutritionist is, not, is less protected under law. So most Nutritionists don't use, don't, don't have the idea, they don't want to use the, the title of dietitian or, or registered dietitian, and therefore the government regulation that comes down on them is a little bit open. Um, this can be good and bad. So you have somebody that's just like, I, I really um, have some private label stuff that I want to sell you, and everybody's going to get that. All right. And then you have one that, that the standard quo at, let's say, GNC and Costco and Sam's Club just aren't there and they've gone out of their way and they they had to so what i'm saying is a registered nutrition registered dietitian doesn't get to get out of the box very much but a really good nutritionist can go outside of the box and look at the research and go mess with it and here's why there's regulation think of it this way um while we run people's insurance for labs because that's just that's an easy thing to do i don't take insurance for anything else and here's why uh your insurance is there for catastrophic events, not your maintenance. I want to make that clear. Your your home maintenance is on you. Your car maintenance is on you. It's not your car insurance. It's not your home insurance. Insurance is set up for that and that alone, period. In the 80s and 90s, people got to use it for everything and it just totally got out of hand. And guess what the cost of it is now? We're paying for all that stuff in the 80s and 90s, 30 years later. And we're going to keep paying for it because it's flipping bankrupt, Medicare. And we don't talk about that as part of our national debt, but it's like two times our national debt, and it's not going anywhere with these baby boomers. So understand how that works. Now, if I take insurance, I have to sign a contract. And when I sign a contract, they say, this is the box you can stay in. Do not even for once think you can go outside of this box. So if you want to run, let's say there's a, a, a transglutaminase test for celiac disease. You are stuck with one transglutaminase test. That's it, period but celiac in the research shows that there could be 120 125 different antigens that shows that they have celiac yet the one that was there is the lowest hanging fruit and it's not the highest um, probability test i'm stuck with that so now if you you hear that and you're like i think i might have had celiac but i went to the doctor and they sent me to gastroenterologist and they tested this one thing and i'm negative that was all they could do (laughs) that's it Hands are tied. So they can't do these other tests that are out there that that people need. Now we don't want to run every single test. That's silly. But that's the the same with registered dietitian. They're going to be stuck into the medical doctor. This is all I can do, whether they know it or not. And then you got a nutritionist, which could go one of two ways. So you know, you can educate yourself and find out what do they know and have they taken any seminars? Have they gotten to functional nutrition? Have they got into let's say Crossing Institute? Have they done any functional medicine? They can they can do some of these things that go along with it. Uh, which is a a, a good thing. So these are options. So let's talk about um, just a little bit of the chiropractic world. So in theory, uh, from a chiropractic standpoint, and I'm I'm putting theory out here, and I know there's a lot of research that um, they'll quote that if they move a bone back in place, it takes uh, pressure off the nervous system, and then therefore you heal. Yeah, of course that makes sense. (laughs) But a bone out of place is few and far between. If you have a dislocated bone, you have a dislocation, and that's a um, that's a medical condition. So dislocation, bone out of place. You might have, I mean, okay, for instance, uh, you might have played basketball or baseball or softball or anything like that, and the ball came in and it hit your hand um, or at the end of your finger, and you jammed your finger. All right, it sucks. It hurts. Is that dislocated? Well, not unless it's facing the other way, but it hurts like hell. So it's not dislocated, it's jammed so there is compression that happened and the ligaments are now um, weak and there might be like a, a grade one or two strain you probably don't have a grade three because then you get to go have surgery on that um that's going on and the muscles there are doing everything they can to hold it together so what they do is they squeeze like heck so that's why their range of motion is limited and if they squeeze hard enough then you get a uh, vascular compromise and everything that goes with it all right so people get that in their back their neck and everything else through their lifestyle so the chiropractors i job is to come in and to release that stress in that joint by making a manipulation or a joint pop great now i might have started a fight my first day of carpenter school i did go there yes so as they're telling us all this theory and idea of what we're going to do for the rest of our life in our career i raise my hand and i go well, let me get this straight we have two reasons why a bone might be out of place or not in where it should be but not dislocated, right? Okay. And one of those is blunt force trauma, like let's say somebody hits you in the back of the head with a baseball bat, you might have a rib out of place, right? Okay, blunt force trauma. And the other one is muscles that are not firing right or over firing or under firing. It really doesn't matter because that muscles are usually in uh, one side or the other. So you have a front and a back or a left and a right um, and they pull to hold this particular thing in this aqua solution called our human body together, correct? Yeah. And what we understand is if somebody has allergies, that's the muscles that start to squeeze on or asthma that goes, uh, that happens in it. Or if they have blunt force trauma or they have a broken bone that the muscles will start to fire. Or what if they have an illness? If you've ever had, um, I don't know, fever, everything starts to hurt. It's not the joints, it's the muscles. Um, so virus, bacteria, funguses, parasites. What if you have mineral deficiencies? What do you have, uh, uh, let's say, a B12? folic acid or vitamin c deficiency it doesn't keep your joints in place because that's what's called scurvy so we have all these nutrients that could come along with it what about um, people have trouble breathing when they're under a lot of stress whether it's mental or emotional Um, uh, what about thermal you know your hands might swell when you get in the ocean or when it gets too hot or when it gets too cold or maybe they don't swell maybe they shrink uh, these things happen. What if people have electrical sensitivities? Uh, when they get around electronics, they don't feel well, or they put their cell phone to their head, they might get a headache. Or when they put their laptop on their lap, sometimes their their intestines start to, to fire. So we have these outside influences that go in there. And then, uh, of course, we have the nervous system that could go along with it. And then we have all these diseases that can fall into it that may not filter or feed the um, Joint the bone itself, such as a blood supply or, um, uh, there's these things called like bursitis. Um, and the, maybe there's organ damage and there's referral pain that goes along with that, which also is into the muscles themselves. So that's an organ muscle relationship. That's acupuncture slash kinesiology side of it. So I said, I could go on for, for what I have, but I understand there's 135 different muscle imbalances, which is like kinesiology that affect bone function. 135 to two, and one of those we're not going to get to work with because that's called an emergent case. So, I'm just curious in the next four years that I'm here, are we going to learn about muscles and how kinesiology works to affect this? And I was told to shut up. So, that's, I mean, kind of my take on, on chiropractic. I'm not against it, I just don't want to go to somebody that much to only address this one bone that's out of place and not all these muscles and all the factors that go around with it and where, what else in the body can this possibly be affecting? So in the chiropractic world, there are enough chiropractors that have said, you know what, that's not enough. I need to go do stuff. And so there's, there's actually what's called a DAC-bar or a chiropractic radiologist. They go another four years of school and they become radiologists and they work all around the United States in radiology clinics, just like a radiologist. It's just look at it from a structure point of view first, but they're, they're highly qualified to catch everything else. And then you have um, those who get into another uh, um, a two-year study on, on pediatrics and Webster technique from pregnancy, and we do refer out to those um, individuals because it's very good, especially if somebody needs a baby turned. We have acupuncture points that do that, but if somebody already has somebody that, that's doing that, I, I just go, go for it. They see them every day. Why not? Uh, and then, there, of course, there's the functional neurologist we've already talked about. There's a chiropractic orthopedic um, and those work very well for people who've been in, you know, pretty nasty car wrecks, had nasty sports injuries, and, and, and when I say nasty, I mean they're not recovering like if you've ever saw Joe Steisman get hurt uh, or Michael Vick get hurt. <laughs> these are nasty injuries where they're not going to come back for a while. Um, these and and so they they need to spend the time with the orthopedic people to get that together. And those are the main specialties. The one that I ended up doing was called the chiropractic internist. And that is another um, three and a half years beyond chiropractic school. And we go and we really focus on being the primary care doctor for people that may not want to be in the medical system, may not want, have been in the medical system and they got no, they don't have any results that, and, and they're worse or, um, you know, uh, or... Uh, they would like a second opinion to look at the body in a holistic way. I know I got high blood pressure and they put me on this medication. Is there anything else that I can do, whether it's diet, nutrition or exercise. Okay. That's getting into the chiropractic interns. And that really was the basis for alternative, um, sorry, functional medicine. So that's a good starting point for what we have uh, as far as where should you go and, and what could you do? So, uh, again i'm going to invite you to come in our office and if you don't find uh, if you don't live close or you don't want to travel to dallas or see one of our other doctors here or in um, in oklahoma then then this is kind of your guideline to go find out who can i go to and what can i consider so i think now's a decent time to kind of transition as we do this uh, not only to alternative medicine integration but I'll give you a highlight on what's called kinesiology and what's called biosystem integration, uh, what we really kind of do in the office. I want to make a little caveat. I wasn't trying to, to downplay uh, chiropractic education. I mean, if you look at chiropractic versus a medical doctorate, again, most of them four years, um, some people go through the summer and then get down a little bit faster, but um, whether it's uh, we're looking at the minimum requirements of anatomy, physiology, pathology, chemistry, microbiology, diagnosis, neurology, radio, psychiatry, obstetrics, orthopedic, and pharmacology, um, the chiropractors don't have py- pharmacology. They have more time in radiology and um, spinal adjustments. So if you look at them and compare across the board, the average chiropractic college has two hundred thirty-seven more contact hours than a medical doctor. That's a little bit shocking when people hear that. Uh, the difference comes down to 1,542 hours of pharmacology for medical. Well, yeah, of course, that they should um, get in there. And the chiropractor has 1,561 hours of um, spinal adjustments, advanced radiology and nutrition. Um, and the the average chiro- or medical doctor has four hours of nutrition. So it really like a day. And so when I see, I, I don't play in pharmacology. I don't. Um, I have to ask when my patients are on because it, it might interfere with something I'm giving them and I, we can't have that. But in our world, the, the medical doctor is the authoritative. Um, this is the top person, but when it comes to nutrition, they don't have the, the research to, uh, or the backing or the education to make that call. Uh, and that's just my, my opinion. I really haven't found those that have been extremely, um, there are a few, uh, but they have to, I have to go look and see what they've done. If they just done their own self imposed research and they haven't gone into this or that, or they're not quoting some of the, 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 testing and the, the research that's out there and then follow it up with blood tests and then evaluate those patients to see what's going on. Then, um, at that point, it's just a guess. And so I'm not trying to be, to be mean about it, but this, that's the lane that, that they're in. This is the lane that we're on. Um, so that's where, again, um, you know, from the fifties and sixties and on, um, medical doctors were the authoritative, uh, idea. So when a, a medical doctor or even now I see on TV, a pharmacist is telling you to come take their USP certified, um, supplement which really isn't that great and they source a lot of their products from china but we have a pharmacist in the family is like that's a two hundred thousand dollar donation to get that on your label <laughs> so it means nothing but it means something to your marketing your, your group so anyway I, I thought that would i would throw those out there as um, a, a little starter some some back-end information so i'm going to give you a just a background into something called kinesiology. Now, kinesiology just means movement, it's study of movement. It's an ology, it's a study of movement. And kinesiology then goes into what's called like the father of kinesiology, which is uh, application. So we have people that come to our office, hey, my daughter, son, whatever, went to a school and they got a degree in kinesiology. Oh, great. Um, fantastic. What is that going to do for them? They get to work like in a corporate world and essentially be an athletic trainer. Um, it doesn't allow them to assess, but what they're looking for, uh, look, we have a, a patient that's a kinesiologist. She works for a corporate communication uh, company, but really what they do to, is to help the communication is to, to increase the energy and the blood flow to the individual. So they literally go in the office and see what they're doing, how they're sitting, where to, what kind of chair do they have, do they have a place that they can get up, do they have access to getting to water, anything else that goes on with stimulation, which is, is good. I like that. And so applied kinesiology is getting into the clinical side of it. So clinical movement and so there's muscle testing um, and you're looking at that muscle from a chemical mental structure point of view well what's affecting that muscle is it a stress is it a structural deviation is it a chemical issue and any of these can be affected by what's called a phatic system any of these can be affected by blood supply or vascular any of these can be affected by the nervous system. Any of these can be affected by the acupuncture system and then what's called the spinal fluid because if there's no fluid going through there, then the discs don't get fed, the discs don't feed the nervous system, and then the nervous system doesn't work and it can affect all the rest of them. So that's really what applied kinesiology is. When you're looking at a muscle, you have to go figure out who's doing that. Now, applied kinesiology, just like functional neurology, functional medicine, you got medical doctors, chiropractics, osteopathics, um, and even dentists using it. So um, it, it's, it's, it's out there. So it, it's been around since 1965. It even made it into Time Magazine. Um, and, and the guy who invented this, his name is George Goodgardt. He's it's since passed. He was the first chiropractor to serve an Olympic medical team. So they, they brought it into the mainstream. Um, but what we really are, are, are doing is refining what's going on. So let's say you can touch an area and that area hurts. And if you ran a muscle test and the test works, and then you have them touch the area of pain, um, and then the muscle stops working. That means that the circuit doesn't work. I mean, that's the whole point of your circuit to your phone. If you wouldn't touched an app, it doesn't work. It is not working, right? Uh, a lie detector test, the circuit's not working because heart rate and blood pressure and everything else is changing. Um or uh you're trying to plug in something and it it doesn't charge that circuit is not working so these are just circuits we have circuits throughout our body that's our whole nervous system so that's all it is 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 evaluation of circuits now there's i would go out on a limb and say there's like 30 different types of kinesiology holistic kinesiology methylation kinesiology um we we could go on and that's not the, the point of this so what you're looking for when you're doing a muscle test, is the muscle strong? Is it weak? Is it inhibited? Or uh, can it not be turned on or off, which is overactive? And and people, like when you have a broken bone, there's overactive muscles around there because it's trying to splint the, the the muscle. And those are good times to refer on, but most people don't come in with that. So again, there, there are multiple ways to test a muscle. There's a proper way to test a muscle. And that's where the repetition from doctor to doctor, let's say this one doctor found this and the next one didn't, how they touch your body, how they uh, evaluate the muscle tests is, is everything. Because when you want to have reproducibility, you can have a study after study and you do it the right way in the same way. You get like 90% plus from doctor to doctor. But nature, uh, human nature is people get lazy over time. And if they don't continue to learn and get better, they will get lazy and then have shortcuts that come along and then everybody kind of falls into the same thing. And it, I, again, I'm trying not to be negative on doctors. This is what we see because I used to go into offices. I, here's what I did. I would I – I'm struggling to get these patients better. What's happening? Okay, I'll just come observe me for a while. And it didn't really matter what it was. But most of it was in the kinesiology world and they would stop doing the things that they had learned and stop doing things that they had done because they had gotten busy or successful such as touching a joint such as uh just just little things or, or not evaluating or going through the, the protocol and i'm just kind of asked well why don't you do that anymore oh, i don't know i just stopped doing it well why are you doing it that way <laughs> okay so you just have to that's that's why we have continued education is to and some of it really does suck but it's just a gentle reminder that hey hey take a look at these things um so here's some things that can cause a muscle to go weak we can have local trauma you can have nerve entrapments because spinal problems you can central nervous system problems you can have what's called a reflex inhibition problem you can have what's called a krebs cycle meaning you don't get enough oxygen and nutrients to your to your joint Uh, again there's 135 different ways that it, it it can be in effect so how do we evaluate um that well if it's a structural deviation, typically a chiropractor or a physical therapist, what's called a physiatrist, maybe even a TNJ genist will we'll take a look at that. Well, what if the muscle is inhibited by minerals or uh, we'll call it chemical, macronutrients, homeopathics, herbs, micronutrients? That's when your, um, well, your intern is going to give you meta- a medicine, but maybe a psychiatrist gives you um, probably medicine too. Um, but a nutritionist, herbologist, registered dietitian, homeopath, they're going to give you some sort of mineral or vitamin. That's, that's your chemical side of it. And then you have mental things that break down too and maybe that's a psychiatrist a therapist maybe a priest minister rabbi interpersonal relationships a counselor uh people to talk to your friends <laughs> your spouse uh, that's that's where the, these things come in so again the, they all have to be taken a look at and uh, apply kinesiology so like when you're dealing with them um, say a muscle that doesn't work not only have to go through chemical mental structure but well, what type well, is there a nerve lymphatic system, a blood supply system, a cerebral spinal, cord, an acupuncture issue, maybe there, um, and all those things. So you have a lot of information to go to. So I like kinesiology. Uh, it's slow. <laughs> so what you get in one treatment is fantastic, but it's one treatment. When you come to our office, what we do is what's called biosystems integration. We're integrating. Uh, applied kinesiology is because we know how to take a look at the nervous system i'm integrating functional medicine i'm integrating functional neurology i'm integrating uh, acupuncture i'm integrating um chiropractic internist i'm integrating um anything that i can possibly take a look at and we can rapidly reveal things like what to treat so let's say my 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 shoulder hurts well should we treat it there because there's such a thing called referred pain so what to treat is it a bone muscle tendon ligament is it referral pain from an organ um, is it something else? Maybe you have an allergy, maybe you have an infection, maybe you have toxin that's making you hurt. Uh, where to treat? Am I supposed to treat it there? So let's say your shoulder is hurting, but it's, let's say liver toxicity, okay? Because it's referred pain. So if I go to, let's say a typical chiropractor physiotherapist, physiatrist, and I say my shoulder hurts, guess what they're going to do? They're going to be working on my shoulder. But if it's a toxic issue coming from my liver, nobody's touching my liver. So where to treat? So what to treat, where to treat is important. But when you get that resolved or fixed or starting to heal and the nervous system is satisfying, when do you move on and go somewhere else? That's the system. So we call that biosystems integration as to where we can get to the next treatment. So in our office, again, while well, I'm doing what's considered functional medicine, I'm, re- I'm really about functional integration or, or functional Neurology or nutrition or acupuncture and I'm doing applied kinesiology and clinical kinesiology and sacral technique and automatic response training and acupuncture meridian therapy all at once. Um, we're, we're evaluating to see what to do. The cool thing is how you evaluate your body is your, your body really tells us what's going on. And there's so many different ways to fix, let's say, a muscle. You can go in and you can stretch it. That's called a spindle cell. You can go in and to the origin insertion and you push them together. That's called um, Golgi tendon apparatus. So like when you ever had your knee hit for a deep tendon reflex to see what's happening, well, that's a reflex that we can actually use to make a muscle turn on. Uh, Sometimes it's uh, what's considered um, holographic, meaning that if you've ever heard of a homunculus man, they have these big receptors in your fingers and toes. This is how auriculotherapy works. Uh, Korean hand acupuncture, uh, foot reflexology works when it's correct because not all the points are correct on there. Uh, so you can get to these points because they have the same circuitry that goes to the brain. So I could be rubbing on, let's say, the heel of your foot, but I'm really working on your back because your back hurts so daggum bad you don't let anybody touch it. So there's other ways to uh, evaluate and, and go take a look at what's going on. Well, then there's also something called a fixation. Well, um, if you've ever like stubbed your toe and then you can't move it for like four or five days, that's fixated, meaning that all those muscles around there started to splint that, but it's not broken. So what can we do to evaluate that and help it? Well, when that's fixations, and when you get a fixation and it sits there long enough, it starts to become inflamed. Then the blood supply changes, and you get swelling, and then of course that toe being stubbed there is not moving. So what happens above the toe? How does your ankle and your foot rotate? Not the same. And then you start to get knee pain and hip pain and back pain. And so a lot of people have these old injuries that they don't know about or they're injuring themselves every single day that that we go as we're finding what caused, what, why are they here? My hips don't. Like last week, had a, had a girl, she's been four years in a row, three times a week to a chiropractor and her hips hurt. Okay. All the time. Yep. So as we're evaluating her and we're checking some muscles out and I got down to her ankle and it, it's like this clunk, 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 it's super loose down there and... Um, just based on there's, there's like four or five major ligaments that go around the ankle. And this particular one was called the anterior, um, inferior, um, patellar or not patellar. I'm sorry. Tib, fib ligament. And when I, when I see that, I'm like, have you ever tied and untied your shoes before? She's like, no. I said, okay, so tell me when you it into the doctor's office, what do you do? Well, he has me, um, uh, take off my shoes all right so you take off your shoes and then what do you do and then i slip them right back on all right so you've never tied and untied your shoes so what was happening unfortunately where this this what we call causal training came in i'm not questioning what they were doing as a doctor in the office they're probably doing everything to make the the hips feel better and maybe they did for a while but the question i asked her how long does it last and she said about till then i get to my car (laughs) okay so if, if people don't ask those questions, you, you don't get what's going on, especially if you're not getting better. And it gave them a lot of opportunity to ask that question. So there's a little bit patient didn't say everything, but doctor didn't ask question. They just kept doing the same thing over and over again without any change in the result. That's called insanity. But I'm going to have her tie in entire shoes. What that's going to do is it's going to strengthen that ligament. It's going to stay together, which because of her foot drop, what was going on with it, she was walking differently, and the pain pattern was her hips. This will not take very long for her, and when we see this, uh, it can't a couple thousand times <laughs> in the last 25 years. It's 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 a big deal. So we see that see that quite a bit as things that uh, affect um the rest of the body. So in what's called clinical kinesiology, there was frequencies that came about, and frequencies are just we know that you have different frequencies based on your app on your phone. So this isn't a far-fetched idea. Back in the 90s and 2000, it was a little tough to explain. But at the time, we had these wonderful TVs, and most people could remember that you turn on the TV with a remote, and then you... Or you didn't have a remote, sorry. You turn on the TV by turning it on. Then you went to the channel that you wanted to have, and either hit the side of the TV, or you went up to these little bunny ears, and you start tuning it in until it went there. That's frequency. So um, in the beginning, people would put a probe into a joint or whatever somebody had to hurt. And then it would move this probe around like the bunny ears. And then whatever the angle was, was what the problem was. So let's say it's 90 degrees, it'd be a bone. And if it was 85 degrees or 87 degrees, it'd be a muscle. And then you go deal with that. So they started to understand that each tissue has a different frequency and that frequency can be matched. Um, and there's a lot more, um, cool things that are coming out. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about the Apple Watch 8 uh, because it's going to be based on a frequency technology that's going to be able to measure blood sugar instantaneous, allegedly. Um, so when you have that, say I go out and have uh, for fun, I'll have a gluten-free sandwich that doesn't have any of the cross-reactive foods in it that they say. I want to see what happens to my blood sugar. If it has anything that cross-reacts with gluten and it makes it come up, guess what my blood sugar is going to do? It's going to change. So I'll be monitoring that um, pretty closely. I think that's that'll be very good for me diagnostic because there's this life thing. I'm just curious. I don't want to be completely obsessed with everything that goes in my, uh, life. It, it, you have to have life, but that's that's what that comes in. And, and the general term for this is, is called the biocomputer. So you're coming in the biocomputer, you're checking the nervous system, you're seeing what's going on and you're identifying the um problem and then you're going and fixing it now what's called sacro-occipital technique or sot was developed by dr major b Dejarnay. he was an osteopath and he used pelvic categories when we put in blocks under people's pelvises to as a method to diagnose he also understood the role of how the visceral system of your organs when they start to go into dysfunction, would affect muscle system. So that's what's called CMRT. And what he did is he also invented something else. It was called color photography. And he sold that to a small company because he needed the money for research on his visceral somatic uh, methods of correction and these pelvic distortions that came along. And the little company that came along that was fledgling was called Kodak. I think he made a mistake from a financial standpoint, but what he did to help people, I mean, I don't think he's upset that he sold it to Kodak because of all the people he could help. Um, Not that Kodak didn't help people too. Um, All right, so then we get into the acupuncture, acupuncture, acu-laser, red uh, laser therapy side of things. And by the way, acupuncture was a quarter like 5,000 years ago. So it it wasn't anything new, and one of the books that was found was the other way, emperor's classic of medicine. I'm sure that's racist now, um, but that's the name of the book. I'm I'm gonna throw it out there, and if I'm i just done with the offensive stuff. Um, we all have to grow up a little bit. So what it, acupuncture does is it correctly identifies, ideally, if you're especially if you're using acugraph, the cause of disease and energetic imbalance, and so with again traditional chinese medicine you're going to china they're going to use um needles that come in they use spiritual emotional energetics they use herbal therapy and they use um and adjustments to the spine which was called twina now in our world we have what we call a scope of practice and so if we're adjusting the joints or moving the pelvis or compressing a ligament that's called structure what if i use nutrients or herbals? well that's chemistry well what if we have to um, deal with the stress i mean people go through life issues or divorces and whatnot and so sometimes we use um, a little homeopathic that's called er911 and and some other ones that come along when those things happen but you also have chemical stress too um, and that's where again back to taking a look at nutrients and then there's the electrical system And then there's two parts to that one of is what's the neuro- nervous system doing and the nervous system is usually depending on the top two chemical and what's called psyche stress but it also could be a joint issue that's not allowing that to happen like the muscle doesn't work that the muscle is swollen it's going to compress on the nerve but what if the nerve doesn't work it's not going to let the muscle work so these are all connected this is what we call holistic approach to somebody now if you put all these together whether it's a structural deviation which then fires into the organ system or the chemistry is off which then doesn't feed the uh, organ system, or there's such a stress that's going on. I mean, there was a terrible tragedy that happened in Texas two weeks ago. And one of the teacher's husbands, who wasn't part of this tragedy, was so overwhelmed with grief he had a heart attack and died. That's how psyche stress can affect chemistry, structure, organ. Terrible, but I'm mean, just using that as an explanation as to what's coming on. So stress can affect these things. And then, of course, acupuncture, the energy system, or the nervous system can and all of those, what I'm saying is the, the structure and the chemistry and the psyche stress and the E, our electricity component, all fire into the organs. So we put that together in an acronym. And that's our scope of practice. We have structure, chemistry, organ, psyche stress, and electric. And that's how we are evaluating individuals. And we, we test every single time we come to the office, I'm checking these things. Every single time. Because I want to see what's going on. Is there a particular thing that's going on? Are we seeing that this is going this way or that way? Um... And what's the best uh, approach for us as we, we um, get into the office? Because, you know, somebody could come in and um, based on what's happened in the past, whatever, between our sessions, maybe it's three weeks, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six six months, I don't know. But when somebody comes in and, and we see that a life has changed, or, um, you know, a, a mother has passed away or... You know i was out running and i rolled my ankle and everything else since then has been like this or i got sick and everything has happened since then. well six is going to be in the chemistry side you just rolled the ankle it's the structure side you just did this you had this that becomes the higher up thing to bring down and sometimes that's just an acupuncture issue um or not so again i just wanted to say that's how we we evaluate in our office and that's how we we look what we call our scope of practice. So I know you have a choice. I know you get to listen to a whole bunch of podcasts. I appreciate you listening to ours. I know you have a choice to go to your doctor, do it yourself, or I've given you opportunity or options to go through other doctors um, because not everybody's going to come to Dallas. And I I just hope you find what you need to get yourself better. Um, If you need to learn more about us, our website is choosenewleaf.com. I'm Dr. Alan Trites. Great health does not have to be a mission impossible. Be well.
1: This podcast, Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible provides you information about evidence-based strategies for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, digestion, autoimmune disease, brain health issues, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode, Nutrition, Dr. Trite's blog, and many other topics at choosenewleaf.com. There you'll have all the information, and thank you for listening to this podcast. The best thing to do is sign up for his newsletter, where he'll update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. You can find Dr. Trite's social media on Instagram and Facebook with the username New Leaf Health. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.